You're listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. guide for you and your family. G means suggested for general audiences, all ages. M, suggested for mature audiences, parental discretion advised. R, restricted, persons under 16 not admitted unless accompanied by parent or adult guardian. X, persons under 16 will not be admitted. This seal in advertising indicates that the film was approved under the motion picture code of self-regulation. Oh, shit. Me and my buddies did it now. We started a small-scale riot, as you can hear. Thankfully, we got it all fucking recorded, motherfucker. Check it out. Uh-oh. Watch out. Cops! What? Cops! This is a <laughs> I got back to work. <laughs> Good thing I'm still wearing that jacket. Hey. Hey. Wait up, man. You are, you are. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Hey, where are you going this way for? Okay, it's a shortcut. Right there, you're outside. Oh, you're going the other way. Sorry. Yeah, I fucked up. And I got attack mode kicked off of a show that I fucking tried to give him. You're listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Fucking Therapy. Episode number two fucking whatever the fuck. Who gives a fuck? Attack Mode from Atlanta, Georgia. Fucking motherfucker. He's an underground cartoonist motherfucker, motherfucker. That's right. I fucking told him, too. Uh, It's my fault, man. I put the wrong thumbnail of your art up, and they yanked the whole episode. That's not fair. So I bullshit him and told him I would do a show with him and Mike Diana. I wasn't sure about that. (laughs) Fortunately, my bluff pulled off. And tonight, for your fucking entertainment, three of the greatest heads in current fucking prolific shock fucking underground cartoon entertainment. Mike Diana. Fucking attack mode. And yours truly are going to blow a fucking hole through the space-time continuum of what we know to be underground fucking car- comics. Yeah, comics, yeah. Cartoons and comics. We're going to fucking fuck it up, dude. This fucking episode is brought to you by apples, oranges, bananas, and whatever kind of uh, fruit kind of sativa I've been fucking choking on lately out here on the rooster farm. Alright guys, let's get this fucker rolling. You know, it's kind of like when you get into the house too and you get through the door and then all of a sudden it's like... We'll be right the fuck back. That rips the screams right out of your throat. Suspense. That traps you in a web of shadows and fear. I expect $50,000 two weeks. A treacherous journey inside a nightmare of passion and death. A love affair with horror. A terrifying film experience that explores the twisted souls of insanity. I need $50,000. I know how to get it. A suspense shocker in the psycho tradition. An electrifying tale of intrigue, madness, and death. Come prepared for the shocking climax. The last 15 minutes will jolt you right out of your seat. We now fucking return. Yeah, because we did an attack mode show, 
And then I put the wrong thumbnail up, Mike. And it was oh. a picture that he drew. And it's all fucked oh. up. It's You would love it, dude. It's fucked up. I gotta look. <laughs> Tell him about it. Tell him what I put up there, dude. Oh, it's the, um, it's the one with the, the two chicks in the cereal bowl with the, with the Lucky Charms mascot. And they're, like, <laughs> naked in there. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Royalty. Yeah, and it got, yeah, it got taken down. Oh, man. Yep, it was the only episode that got fucked with, and it was because of that stupid-ass thumbnail. So they're, like, looking into your thumbnails now. Yeah, they're like, oh, my God, it's actually cooler art than we could ever imagine, so we should just tear it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what I felt like they did. They fucked them around. We We both know about that, though, right, Mike? Oh, yeah, it happens. You know, it seems like it's, um, in some ways it gets better, but that's only for, like, the mainstream, you know, the the lower down things that aren't really, like, making money. They, they're always attacking it, you know, unless, like, Hustler Magazine can't fight that kind of money since the beginning. And, like, television with the gore and the craziness, you know, but... We still censor all the artists and people on Instagram and everything. There's, yep, there's still a lot of censoring going on. I don't know why you can't just put it, like, on the extreme filter. Well, I mean, compared to what they allow other people to post, like, I don't get why yeah. art is such a big deal, like. I mean, kids under 18 should have to, like, you know, probably, like, say, hey, yeah, I'm over eight, I'm 18 and over to get on to, yeah. just because of fiends like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just, like, let people use, like, the little, the filter that where it's, like, it asks you if you want to see sensitive content or whatever before you swipe or something. Right. They should just let you use that. Yep. No, I agree. I think, uh, you know, they. Ha- I see it sometime, but it. I don't know how some posts just make it up there, and then some people just seem like they're getting targeted. You ever yeah. feel like that? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, the stuff that I, I wouldn't think would get reported gets reported, and the shit that you would think just Hey, we're losing you a little bit. Yeah, it's probably the area. I mean, I'm almost to, uh, I was in the car right now, but I'm almost there where I'm headed at. Yep. Uh, just speak as clear as you can, okay? All right. Nice and loud, and I'm on a fucking Android phone, so I got to just make do with... Mike was asking me about it before we got started. He was like, am I on a new thing? I was like, I'm on the same phone and skull eight dollar skull candy earphones i've been fucking using uh but uh you know i just upgraded and got brand new uh uh brand new ones of each you know so i got the same phone it's a 4g but uh you know go ahead and talk is i'll just shut the fuck up and uh keep going man i like where you what you were talking about about uh what they just feel like they'll they'll target out certain people or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Things you put up you think might be a problem and they're not and other things, you know. It's weird like what you're thinking. Yeah, because I put up like a picture of like a cookie monster but with a set of tits as his eyes or whatever. Right. And they were like, Oh my god. Oh, God. I know. It's like, what? Yeah, and it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the people, too, that be following, like, they'll report shit if they get, like, offended by it or some shit, like. Right. And they can just say anything, like, when they, uh, and that's the main shit. It's not even Instagram itself. It's just, like, right. people getting butthurt and reporting shit. Yeah. They just go through reporting stuff, you know, like. 
uh, me like of the grandfather people's grandfathers would be watching television and just like pointing out all the stuff they hate in TV shows and they like write a letter to the network or something and now people just have some kind of power like report it right there something they don't like you know yeah yeah always just someone else in someone else's business it's just like you know what go do something else yeah you know, leave leave the people who want to see the yeah. the shit that we're doing. You know, and I think you know it just it's just high time that. Speaking of high time, this episode is brought to you by the local henchman's Blue Dream, a very smokable sativa for a very fucking long time now. That's right. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah! Hope you guys are. Puffing it up too. I'm figuring you are. We're all smoking here, right? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. (laughs) Okay, I was like, am I fucking talking to myself, dude? (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) I better not be the only one smoking alone. Yeah. Better not be. I got a That's about it. All right. Well, you're allowed to get away with that, I guess. <laughs> Good God. So what are you working on right now, Attack Mode? What have you been working on? Shit, honestly, I want to, like, self-publish, like, a book where it's, like, it's not just, like, it's kind of like an anthology, but it's going to be, like, like, a bunch of mini-comics. And short stories that make up like one book, but I'm trying to come up with all the different stories I want to come up with. So I want to get that done hopefully soon. But um, one of them that I thought of is going to be like these two siblings, and it's probably going to be like maybe like 10 or 15 pages, and they're just going to be like they had uh, broke out of prison or whatever, and they're part of like this cult. And it's going to start off with, like, this uh, this family, like, watching the news. And it's going to be, like, they're going to see that the, the siblings, like, fucking broke out of prison or whatever. And they're just basically going to get, um, you know, attacked by the, the siblings. But I'm trying to figure out what, what all I want to do with that story. So that'll probably be the next thing I post on Instagram when I figure out everything that I want to do with it. But... As far as big stuff, yeah, I just want to make, like, a book with, like, a bunch of mini-stories in it. Kind of like, kind of like how, you know, the the R.I.P. with the Mike Dunn, kind of like how Mike does his, his books, you know? Where it's just, like, a bunch of different stories in one big book. Yeah. I wanted to do something like that. That sounds incredible. That is uh, yeah. cool, but... And so you've been talking to Kevin Feige now at Disney about this for like three years. Nah, I'm fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) You've been talking to Kevin Feige. He's talking about leaving Marvel just to work for attack mode. That would be cool, right? All you got to do is come up with that microchip fucking MK Ultra chip that you were talking about. (laughs) Sticking it in the back of his neck and... He'll do anything you fucking want. Yeah. That'll be the end of it, right? <laughs> now you got Disney power. I got. They're gonna put R-rated movies out. I bet they do in the future. I bet you by twenty thirty. I bet you by twenty thirty three, ten years from now. There's a a a. They got a porno fucking part of Disney, or some rated X shit because i you know why because punisher's about to come out yeah that shit's fucking violent you think they're gonna like want some light john bernthal so you know it's like no that's not gonna happen so you know if you can look at it now and be like all right they're already gonna have blood and shit all over the place they'll they'll find a reason to go ahead and put like adult swim style shit like up on, on Disney. Disney. Yep. Right, yeah, they they already have that one show, um, what was it, Little Demon? Well, it's kind of 
I think it's Hulu, but like um, Disney owns Hulu though, so yeah, kind of like right. Yeah. And they put the weird Marvel like shit. They put the weird Marvel shit on Hulu, right? Yeah, cloak and dagger, and that mm-hmm. space monkey fucking thing or whatever the fuck it's called. Right. What the fuck it's called? Killer chimp, motherfucker. Right. Uh, and then what was the other one? I thought there was another one that I don't even know about. But uh, yeah, all the weird shit goes up there. I figure hell, they'll just keep doing it. It'll just get more X-rated. I figure you know someone's gonna want to make the new Adult Swim. Yeah, it needs like new shows. Honestly, adults, like they need to do how they were like in the early 2000s, where they would have like those people where it looks like they done it themselves, like the animation and stuff like that. And it would just be like a bunch of different shows. Mm-hmm. That shit when I was younger, because I don't really like when art is like too. I guess. Detailed. I kind of like it when it's like simplistic, like when it looks like fucking little kid drooling or some shit. I don't know, but I like art like that a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. I've been posting kind of a lot of that up on cartoonists you should fucking know, too. Hell yeah, man. I love that channel. Like, That's been cool, that huh? <laughs> Hell yeah. That one guy, I think his name's Taco. Yeah. I've been following him for a minute. He yeah. has like a weird, like his style is like weird, but it's like that shit is cool as fuck. Yeah, I've seen it. I like. Uh, <coughs> I don't know. I've been collecting these cartoons. I think all the cartoonists just have that personality. Is that what I was saying, Mike? Like, uh, yeah, they're like baseball exactly. cards, man. You know. Exactly, man. I like when people bring something new to the table rather than just be like a clone and shit, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't need another, like, uh, how they used to call that dude on the fucking uh, Kevin Smith movie, The Inker. (laughs) He's like, you're a tracer, dude. You're a tracer. He's like, I'm not a tracer. I'm an inker. He's like, you trace. That's funny. Yeah, it's like, no, it does get old. Um, and you want something new, man. I know I do. And that was yeah, kind of like, you know. Like with, like, stories and shit, like, that's why I gravitate to, like, the underground and when people do it themselves because it's like you getting their, their personal expression. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's what fucking art really is instead of just making, yeah. like, some that's generic the- shit to make money, you know? Yeah. Totally. Definitely. I, uh... Yeah, I never got down with the hack shit, man. I've known a couple hacks, too. They usually end up working, like, in Wizard Magazine or, (laughs) you know, like, some kind of, like, here, draw a cartoon version of Rorschach. (coughs) You know, it's like, oh, God. Give me a break, man. That's what it's come to. (laughs) Yeah. I feel it, too. Like, people make shit where it just has to have, like, an agenda behind it rather than just telling a good story. It just has to have like some type of woke shit. You know what I mean? Like, I hate that shit. Like, yo, I hate, I'm hating. I hate it. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, I hate it. Especially like with the, with the superheroes, like, why are y'all doing this with yeah. superheroes? We don't, we don't care what fucking Superman does. Oh, like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's, like looking at women with his X-ray vision and like doing all this stuff, but we don't want. I guess the women don't want to hear about it because they'll be complaining. So the movies probably have a checklist of like what not to do and what to do. And I know, cover, you know, like do we cover everything? Oh, we didn't do this. It's just craziness. It is. It's yeah. The lack of expansion too, like, man. Just ugh. Yeah, it's just too much pandering now, you know, like, even with, like, cartoons now, like, the new Scooby-Doo show, like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, I didn't even, yeah. I was like, nope, I might put that guy up on cartoons you f- should fucking know, though. <laughs> He'd be like, 
Here's yeah. the target on this guy's head that's worth a hundred and fifty million dollars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all cartoonists are, you know, encouraged to shoot on sight. You know, <laughs> shoot on sight. <laughs> to shoot it. But yeah, man, it just it does remind me of this whole like, no, like where's. On one end, I'm like, yeah, it's cool because if it encourages somebody, and it, you know, if you make the Little Mermaid uh, black like they just did, like that's cool, you know, because it's just a character. But when you purposefully go and change like the whole fucking story, that's different, yeah. you know, empowerment and just taking like some kind of liberty to mutilate shit it's i i call it the zack snyder uh scalpel i'm just gonna take whatever the fuck i want and put it together and hodgepodge this shit and we'll call it a day it's like no you fucking suck yeah i fucking hate it like their their original characters were fine how they were like velmo yeah i you know there's plenty of cosplay to prove it yeah, you know, for years now, it's like Velma cosplay, and then all of a sudden, like right. no play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't even bother. I didn't did even. I? Did I tell you about the time I met the? Um, just speaking of Scooby Doo, I met the guy that did Marvaduke. Oh, yeah, who's that? I don't remember his name. Actually, it was the son of the guy who did Marmaduke, because I was going to buy some smoke at this house apartment where cartoonists would go and buy smoke from this guy, you know? Yeah. And we're smoking up, sitting there, and he says, oh, the son of the the man that drew Marmaduke is coming by. And then he says, but don't mention Scooby-Doo. Not like I would have just mentioned Scooby-Doo, but he says um, the Marmaduke family always hated Scooby-Doo because they feel like they stole it from Marmaduke. And yeah. so he comes in, you know, a little bit later, he comes in, he sits down, we, we're smoking, and I just look at him, I say, how about that Scooby-Doo? <laughs> 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 and he looks me right in the eye. And he just says, fuck Scooby-Doo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we all started laughing and realized they, like, set me up, you know, or something. But it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're like, fuck Scooby-Doo, what'd you do to him? <laughs> uh, all right. Give me one second. I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue with Mike, Diana, and attack mode. All right, stick around. We'll be right the fuck back, dude. He lives. From the depths of this unholy tomb, the Avenger rises. The abominable Dr. Fives, the most deadly mastermind of all crime. Specialist in the fine art of bizarre murder, each more different, each more devilish than the last. The Scorpions embrace. You bloody man! The Eagles caress. The Sausage Machine. The One Hand Persuader. Hackett. He has nothing to say, sir. Touche, Dr. Fibes. And as another victim falls, the world awaits your next blow of vengeance. Only one man, only one menace, only one diabolical mind could create such chilling terror. 
That's not a common thief, sir. Then Inspector got faced with an impossible task. Well, there's no force in all the world could win a fight against such a supreme opponent. Run, but you can't escape him. Hide, but he'll find you. Scream, but no one will hear you. And that was how the West was won. <laughs> and now we're back. We're back to the show. Welcome back, guys. Attack Mode, Mike, Diana, the Underground Conference Kingdom here, man. So uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. this has been great. I have been promising this guy uh, a chance to do this show for a while now, and he's been pretty cool and just, you know. Here we are. Now you can ask President Diana three questions and then move along. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Question number one. No. (laughs) No, go ahead. I'll let you guys. I'm going to shut the fuck up. You guys talk for a second. I'm going to load a ball. So, like, when you were, like, first starting, what was, like, your inspiration to, like, push the envelope? Like, what made you want to go that extra mile from what you've seen before? Hmm. I think it was probably maybe, like, a progression as I got older. Um, yeah. Learning, like, you know, the power of images and stuff. And, like, when I was real young, I'd say, um, must have been like 1975, and um, I was like six years old, and my father brought home packs of stickers, it was called Ugly Stickers, Yeah. from Tops, and it was like these monsters, you know, and of course those blew me away, it was like, oh my god, they were made for me type thing, and I even drew with my crayons, I drew these monster faces. And I said to my parents, I said, well, can you send these to the company so they can make them into stickers? (laughs) And they both gave me a weird look. I didn't understand the look at the time, but it was just like, oh, my God, what do we do? We can't send these in, you know. (laughs) It would have been funny if they just sent them to the dress and to see if they got, like, a letter back or something, you know. Hell, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I went on to... um, Probably the next thing I discovered after we moved to Florida, I went to a giant used bookstore in the whole basement. It was just comic books, you know. And you get towards the the steps going down, you just smell that smell of comic books. You know, uh... And, like, things were 25 cents each. I had all the original Swamp Thing comics, you know. Um, yeah. If you know Plop Comics, is like Basil Wolverton covers, which... I didn't know at the time because I couldn't research it, but the ugly sticker artist, Basil Wolverton, also did the covers on some of the issues of Plop. Oh, and so okay. I those books, you know, so I was like a continuation of what I was into already, but then I discovered the pre-code horror comics, like the ODCs and stuff, because I would find some of those comics really cheap back then because they weren't as collectible as now. Um, but I was getting those old comics, and, like, it was pretty... Gory stuff, you know, for the 50s. Oh, yeah. Comics, you know, and I was like, whoa, there's like rats eating somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like decapitations. And Flesh you know, rotting. <laughs> and I got in Heavy Metal Illustrated. That was like 1982, 83, 84. I'd buy it at the newsstand. And um, even though I was like a teenager, you know. And that was like a little step up even, you know, with like the heavy metal and all the, during the 80s, all the covers were like nude or semi-nude, not totally nude, but kind of women in risque situations or dress, you know, and that was the boys like me. And um, I was like, oh yeah, this is good stuff. And then 
I noticed little ads, like a little, um, not a classified ad, a little bigger, but it was an ad to get a comics, underground comics grab bag. And I had read a book about underground comics, but I had never seen one in real life. This is when I was like 14. And it was Kitchen Sink Press. So I ordered a grab bag and I got the underground comics in the mail and I was just blown away by that. Like this was nothing I'd seen and really got into S. Clay Wilson and like a lot of those underground artists from Fuck the seventies, yeah. you know. Um yeah. ended up having a huge collection, cocaine comics, you know, like all this <laughs> stuff. And I remember I Decided one day, I made a big decision. I'm going to take some to school to show these to a couple people. You know? <laughs> I thought to yeah. do it. Ah, he's like, cocaine comic. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I quickly put him away. He was like, I made a big mistake bringing these to school. <laughs> they aren't going to be into this stuff. Yeah. And I think of because they are shocking. If you haven't seen them, I was like gradually getting into different stuff. Um, and so by the time I was drawing, you know, the next thing I discovered kind of that really was inspiring was um, these artists, Roy Tompkins and Jeff Gaither. And um, they were doing these mini comics, like little mini zines. And this was probably around like 86 when I was still in high school. Yeah. And I ordered those in the mail, started writing to Roy Tompkins. And he was doing a zine called The Blotter. Um, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, he had artists from like all over the world basically sending him artwork and he would publish it. Um, and that was kind of inspiration for Boiled Angel, which I ended up doing. Um, and so when I started really doing... Uh, comics that were, I think, pushing the envelope or us trying to push the envelope was like probably 87, my graduating year of high school. And I really was like using combination of the, the horror comics and the underground, and, you know, the stuff that I saw Roy Tompkins doing what I thought was interesting is he would just take characters like the Flintstones or whatever mm-hmm. and draw them all screwed up, you know, like weird and stuff. And now everyone yeah. kind of thing, but back then I had never even seen that other than that guy and noticed guys like uh, another one was artist was named uh, XNO and he would do these like crazy like Batwoman with a really tight suit on, and you see all the pubic hair coming out. Inside. <laughs> you know, I I just <laughs> I just wanted to say really fast. I put an XNO post up on cartoonists. You should fucking know. Right. And uh, he yanked it. Really. Yeah. Or or else his his uh, copyright lawyer or whatever yanked it off there. And that was the only one that got yanked out of. I've uh-huh. done like two hundred of them now, or whatever you know, almost. Didn't he do the uh, dinosaur tax cards? Yep, he's uh, he's an awesome fucking artist, man. I fucking always loved his shit. Just totally guys, gruesome. <laughs> part of what helped me when those guys were doing stuff, I was like, "Yo, yeah, this is the way you get it out there." Yeah, because you know, I was doing my drawings. I wasn't sending them out or anything really, and I was even printing stuff, but I. I didn't know about Fat Suit 5 yet, and like, yep. I was like, yeah, I can really like make a book, and you can do all that yourself, you know, and yeah. I had to kill, so. What was the, did you ever get a write-up in uh, Fat Sheet 5, Mike? Yeah, everybody did when you send it in, they review it. Um, yeah, I guess so, yeah, right. But one, yeah, I was doing Angel Fuck Zines before Boiled Angel, and I sent that in. And um, Typically, it would say something like gross, offensive comics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they would put the little stars over the word fuck. <laughs> like, after Star Star K. Yes. Those are the best ones. 
Well, yeah, if I kept sending them, I mean, every issue went to Fat Sheet 5 and they reviewed it, and that's mainly where I got most of my buyers, you know, through the mail. Attack Mode, you would have loved that back in the day when me and Mike... Yeah, that was an advantage that we had at that time was way more outlets of distribution, I thought. You know, that was more... But it made you... It made it guerrilla, you know. You had... There was no, like... You could do everything online. You actually had to go make the physical copy, send out a physical, you know, <laughs> envelope with the shit in there, you know, and there was a lot to it, you know. Trying to, trying to figure out how to scam free copies from Kinko's, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if you guys... You yep. Uh, we've talked about that on a few episodes, huh, Mikey? uh but that was that was it now it's just you know it's easy to send it to somebody and it's almost like easier for them to reject you you know because now you're just in an email list and all those emails look the same it's kind of how they would just look at envelopes i guess back in the day when you just had to send them and I think home printers is good now for doing that stuff, small zines, so you don't have to, you don't even have to leave, but you know, like, before I knew about the Office Depot in my town, I mean, it hadn't opened yet at the mall, um, I had to go to print shops, you know, because my first five issues were done on the school board's copy machine, because I was working for the school board in an administrative building, not a building with kids, but I would go to the copy room at night and make my board angels. And number six is the one that got stuck in the machine. I ended up losing my job. And the print issue number six, I went to a copy shop in Largo. And um, I think I had printed most of the pages, but not all of them. So I was just printing like, double-sided pages and not done double-sided pages they did one single-sided pages on everything yeah yeah and they're like well we're not going to charge you extra for the paper i'm like well this is no good to me you know because i don't want to put them in the zine one-sided and they were like they got got all huffy and puffy and they're like oh well we're going to have to print them all over again And then when I went to pick those up, they said, well, we don't want your business anymore. Uh, (laughs) What the shit was. I kind of remember that fucking, (laughs) how hard it was to get two-sided copies at one point, too, man. Like, people being just dicks about it. Well, that means we'd have to run it again, stick it through the machine. Right. It's like, wham. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get her done, dude. But that's how you had to do it. You had to run it back. You had to yeah. run it through the machine. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, exactly. That was it. You had to flip it over and hopefully it fucking queued off, you know? Not upside down or whatever. Screw them up. Yep. Until finally they were just like, yeah, we do two sided copies. But I remember when it wasn't two-sided for a long time, man. Right. You had to make them that way. Yep, that was a trick. I remember the early 90s just being like, ugh. And how many times you'd have to run it off and be like, oh, and it would be upside down. It wouldn't be the right way. Right. (laughs) Those are classic moments, man. (laughs) You know? construction of fables but uh yeah you know fucking uh oh yeah oh yeah those are uh you know what you're doing right now attack mode i'm just i'm stoked about it, dude i love your fucking work man i appreciate it man Fuck yeah. you got our us back in you for sure that sounds interesting that anthology though with different stories yeah, man. I always liked, you know, short stories and like, uh, you know, Creepy Magazine, those ones. We used to get those. They had some good, yeah, yeah. good uh, comics 
that were like, one was a short Stephen King story, The Lawnmower Man. Isn't that pretty brutal? It's like a different story than the movie. Yeah, the movie was weird. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was good in its own way, you know. It was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't quite like the short story, original story, and creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, ew. <laughs> yep, if you guys didn't yeah. know it, go ahead, go ahead. I know, I was just going to say, like, I kind of gravitated towards doing, like, shorter stories. Cause, like, I mean, I can do long stories. It's just, like, I burn out most of the time, like, because I get, like, a whole bunch of new ideas that I want to work on and shit. And I just get bored with the shit that I'm working on. Yeah, like, well, exactly. You know? And I was like, if I just make them shorter, I can just go ahead and complete it and then go on to the next project or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And the the short stories have a certain power to them, you know? Like, you can really just... It can be short as in, like, two pages and still have, like, a strong message or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they kind of get lost in a real long, a whole novel or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it just goes on and on, you know? Yeah. I mean, eventually, I probably will make, like, a long type story, but I just yeah. want to go ahead and publish something for right now just to have my own work, you know, out there. Yeah. Whatever, so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a good idea, man. You know. But uh, we should all throw down on that uh, slower death ripoff book. I still want to do that, dude. I want to rip off Last Gasp and just... Yeah. I don't I don't care if they know. <laughs> just call me the new the new air pirates. Right. <laughs> I'm always down with that method too, just blatant plagiarism. Every you know. I don't think they would do anything. Nah. I'd be like, no, Ron Turner said I could do it and just lie. Before he died, he said I could do it. We had a steak sandwich. I swear to God! Right. Spain Rodriguez was there. <laughs> and he said, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of those guys. Yeah, that is what happened, though. I uh, went I went to go get a... Uh, uh, I was working for the Mad Happies, the underground newspaper in uh, San right. Francisco. And we got... I sat down with Ron Turner, and we had a steak. He's like, you like steak sandwiches? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we had a steak sandwich. He got Spain on the phone. Mm-hmm. And he was like, have you heard of these Mad Happies guys? And he's like, yeah, I've heard of them. They're, they're good, yeah. And he, and he gave us the back right there. And so Last Gasp ran a $50 ad per month in our little, you know, paper or whatever. Oh, wow. <laughs> That was the last, that was the connection, and then you know later on, getting on hippie comics. That was pretty big, uh-huh. big time for uh, Mike and I. That yeah. was that crumb, yeah. getting on the crumb, and it's like, where do you, yeah. where do you go from here? Right. What do you do? I'm bored. No, I have all the power. No. <laughs> 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 Actually, I just wanted to strangle Dan Fogel. Yeah. For about three years <laughs> after that, that was about it. Uh, but uh, no, I uh, I'm glad that I had hit that, you know. And I think basically it doesn't really matter anymore. These guys are like pretty much extinct. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like it's up to us, like to do new shit. Yeah. You know. They're all thinking down. They're all sinking in the tar pit, pretty much. They're all sinking in the tar pit. I think anybody older than Peter Bag, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they must be executed. No. Um, they, oh. uh, uh, come here, Bill Griffith. No. You pinhead. Just execute them. They'll just turn into bags of dust anyway. Well, 
I'm fucking talking shit now. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to take the steam out of everybody's engines, but, you know, cartooning is a lousy trade in America. And if attack mode was in fucking Japan, which is where Mike's get, I told he's getting ready to go. We're going to do the Tokyo Mike Diana versus Tokyo fucking. And I get the Toho edition release. Uh, Cause you're going to come back with three underground cartooning Japanese wives. <laughs> oh yeah. A harem of Asian women will surround you. You're just gonna be you're gonna be great, dude. You're gonna love it. I just he's never gonna come back, dude. We're gonna lose this guy. I know he's gonna be like, New York sucks. And he'll be right. I mean <laughs> Oh, he's gonna have fun. Two weeks. And then we get the exclusive review, right, Mike? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh. Dude, you would be treated like royalty. Attack mode. Yeah. Your ass would be treated like royalty. You'd have roses thrown at your feet. <laughs> Bring an endless plates of sushi to you. Yep. Hell yeah. Just the uh, uh, uh concubines and wives. And whatever the fuck you wanted, and temples of gold, they'll be like, draw us another fucked up picture. You're like, <laughs> in, yeah. t- in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they love it. You're famous. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. That's it. That's where we're going. All right, guys, we're going to take one more break, and then when we come back, we're going to finish this motherfucker out. Sound good, dudes? Hell yeah. All right, hold the fuck on. We'll be right back. What happened to Dr. Waterman? Only this man, last to see him alive, knows. The Equinox. The invisible barrier between good and evil. The invisible barrier between light and the forces of darkness. The supernatural before your very eyes. As four teenage boys and girls fight a devil cult for their sanity. For their lives. For their eternal souls. Equinox. A story that defies logic. Confounds belief. Wait! Wait! I can't believe it. It was just a fall. What is the secret of the thousand-year-old book? What are the unspeakable horrors conjured by the forces of evil? What is the fiendish power of the ring that enslaves and destroys? What is the one symbol that can hold at bay the hosts of hell unleashed on Earth? Equinox! Moving again that there is more in heaven and on earth than is dreamt of in our philosophy. Equinox! Equinox! Begins where Rosemary's baby left off. We now return in THC sound. Welcome back, guys. We're going to finish this motherfucker off. Attack mode. Mike, Diana, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you guys on the show today. Oh, Oh, yeah. Fucking cretins of the trade. Always good to be here. King cretins. I think that could be a book that we end up doing to get King Cretans. <laughs> Cretan Kings. Cretans. We are the Cretans of Swing. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
well, we're just going to keep on doing it, you know. I'm working on this book right now with uh, Acid and Neil going going back and being the reason that Frederick Wortham starts the fucking uh, Seduction for the Innocent Crusade. Right. Wow. Yeah, they, they go back in time with some uh, acid that's been soaking inside of a tarantula's asshole for like the last 10 years, you know? Oh, <laughs> and uh, acid... The one guy asks it, he's like, hey, Neil. And, he, you know, Neil's doing a bong head. He's pulling a ripper. And acid's all, yeah. if I eat this tarantula acid, you think I'll get powers like Miles Morales? And he's like, right. hell no, dude. And he's like, how do you know? And he goes, because I know that won't happen, you know, whatever. And then they, uh, they, go, they get sent back in time, ironically, by Dr. Octopus. And then... While they're there, they lose yeah. the, the 10 strip of acid. And so, like, wow. these NYU students get a hold of it, and they take it, and that's where all those incidents happened in 1970, 1969 and 1970 of those guys, like, uh, climbing on the outside of the NYU and pretending that they're Spider-Man. So, <laughs> and they were all on acid, dude. <laughs> and they went to Stan Lee, and w- and they were like, "You got to write about this in the Marvel comics. You got to write that LSD is a bad thing." And Stan Lee was like, "I got the mentality of a car hustler, honey. What are you talking about?" And he's like, "You know, I'm not, I don't know shit about LSD, you know." And they're like, "We'll do it," and that's how they had to break the comics code, and they had to make it so Harry Osborn takes. In the comic book, Harry Osborn takes acid and becomes the Green Goblin. I'm going to make it so Harry Osborn takes the acid that <laughs> was soaking in a tarantula asshole, and that's what <laughs> that's what makes him become the Green Goblin. You know, and so you know, in that case where comics uh, in DC and Marvel, I noticed they'll be like. No, the stories happen, and then people actually write about what these heroes did in real life. Right. As opposed to this reality where we just write the shit and there are no heroes here. There's just a bunch of fucking assholes. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) So, you know, uh, I like that whole thing where, you know, these guys would have had to go back in time to actually take the same acid that would have made Green Goblin, you know, be, you know, fucked up or whatever. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It may not even follow any real contingency, but, you know, it's like my way of saying, hey, comics code, go fuck yourself. And Frederick Wortham, you fucking psychological fucking dick fuck. I think I call him a fucking lousy kraut. In the <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm fucking German. I'm allowed to like, say that. Do you think, like, if the comic code didn't exist, the underground would be what it is today? Or do you think, like, it kind of helped people want to rebel and, like, push the envelope as, a, like, a fuck you to the comic code type shit? Well... That's a good question, right? Because I think that, you know, without... In that particular story, too, where that group of parents, like, well, we're just going to go ahead and have it our way, and that it's a conscious thing or something like that, but what they did was they changed the narrative. And they changed what the comics code was initially about to begin with by doing just that. And so the next move was DC putting out the fucking famous uh, Neil Adams, uh, the uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow with Speedy shooting up on the cover. Right. (laughs) And he's like, and Green Arrow standing there all like, you know, all like fucking, like he's better than everybody. All like, look at your word. He's nothing but a junkie. Right. You know, and like, (laughs) but you know, uh, those were the two moves that would have like caused the underground probably in that, Uh 
because, uh, and that's how I would answer it. I'd say those two moves made comics underground in the mainstream right then before. And it wasn't before R. Crumb was out or anything like that because what the Gwen Stacy, uh, thing was 72 or 71 or 72. I thought it was like amazing, uh, Spider-Man 121. Uh, whatever the year that is, it's like 70, 71, 72, somewhere in there, dude. But who cares a fuck? It's early enough. And if you look at it, like, Crumb would have started underground comics movement in 64, as early as 64. Uh-huh. But all that shit was on the street. And you could only get those, <laughs> you could only get those books in, in specific shit like head shops, you know? Right. You couldn't get them everywhere. You know, now now you can get it anywhere. You know. Now it's everywhere. Yep, and that was yeah. Now it's because of moves that made mainstream comics have to take an underground kind of like stance. I guess that would be my. That's a theory. You know, it's not the. You know, I'm sure it's a bunch of shit that contributed, but that would be definitely one of the. Putting drugs in the comics after the comics code, that would have disbarred the comics code in time. And now by 2011, it's fucking gone. It doesn't even exist anymore. Right. Yeah, it's it's done. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's the end. That's it, yeah. So, you know, underground, as far as it being an opening for us, you know, like... Sky's the limit. Whatever they were fucking with uh, Mike back in 94, 93 in the Florida uh, shit, that would not happen today, dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everything's too, uh, underground's too mainstream. Yeah. 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 I can see that. And so you think, like, a lot of underground artists kind of play it safe because it's mainstream, like, like it's edgy, but it isn't, like, over the top. Edgy, you know? Well, whether they are or not, they definitely got the coverage. Mm. Yeah. You know? It's not like, you know, Matt, St- Matt Stone and uh, Trey Parker and... Uh, and McFarlane or what or uh, Seth McFarlane or whatever from a family uh, guy, you know they yeah. they would not be there if me and Mike hadn't been there first. That's yeah. fucking U.S. history, yeah. fucking proof, you know. So whatever you do now, yeah. fucking matters, dude. That's what the point is, you know, because yeah. you don't know where it's going. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. nobody could have foreseen that you'd have, that you'd be able to put four kids on television, calling out racial yeah. obscenities in every episode and being like, "But because we wrap it up with a moralistic ep- uh, outcome, everything's okay." Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, <laughs> no, you guys caused this shit storm to begin with, you know. But in a, at the yeah. same time, they're just doing the same thing that me and Mike did, which was like taking shit yeah. that was actually happening that you really don't have any ability over except for in your comics, man. And to put it in your comics and to be like, you know what, fuck society. Here's what I think about, you know, pedophilia. You know, here's what I think about fucking serial killers. Like, you know. All this shit you're, like, feeling powerless about. Abortion issue. <laughs> All your favorite death metal topics. Yeah. You know? I feel helpless. helpless. Yeah. All those babies are being born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, by 92, I was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going straight to the back alley abortion clinic. <laughs> oh, and that's where I stayed in underground comics. That's where I felt safe. Being stronger in offensiveness. I was like in it to win. I didn't want to be like, well, I'll be offensive here, but 
Maybe I should be a, a sensitive in this area. Fuck that. And at that age, right. you're on fire, you know, so you, you should really just fucking be of the fire. Yeah. You know, and let it burn. Hell yeah. You know, because that, yeah. that youth ain't coming back like that. Even though me and Mike got to live it, we'll, we'll be young forever because of it. But most men, yeah. they didn't get to do that, dude. <laughs> you know, they don't. Yeah. No, dude. Yeah, man. And now you can say people, most people don't do it. You know, because right. you have everybody can be a cartoonist. Anybody can be a cartoonist. Yeah. So the people that are involved, you got to be like, well, if you don't go for your dream the way that you're like, capacitate only you know that as a person though man yeah that's the mental health aspect of it right yeah oh yeah you know you gotta bring it forward you know right we we all felt the same thing you know like we want something stronger in our fucking coffee yeah you know? Oh, yeah. I know I do. <laughs> Comics, you know, uh-huh. don't even fucking buy them anymore. I'm like, eh, fuck. Who cares? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, it's like at the same time, it's like, you know, I still want to draw them. And I want to support the people that... And I'll buy your copy, and I'll buy your copy, and I'll buy, like, some... I want to see him. I want to know who's pushing it, you know? Like, I haven't really had too many people reach out on that Instagram page, but you guys listening to the show right now, go ahead and reach. It's a cartoonist you should fucking know, CYSFK666. Me and Mike came up with this fucking idea back in 2015, 16, or whatever. Yeah. And just kind of been rolling it since then, huh, Mike? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's us eating those fish and chips up in the little thumbnail on that <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Soaking that shit in malt vinegar, motherfucker. <laughs> that sounds good as fuck right now, I ain't gonna lie. That was a legendary meal, dude. <laughs> That was a legendary, epic journey for both Mike and I to have to travel yeah. 80 miles outside of fucking New York City yeah. to the nearest Long John Silvers. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it happened. That was, <laughs> that was almost like a 200-mile round trip, man, for some malt vinegar. Right. Uh, I'm like, see, like, oof, so hungry Captain right now. now. I haven't <laughs> seen a long John Silver's in a while. Yep, I saw a Captain D's out here, but they don't have the dining room open anymore. It's like, come on, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It's weak. Too bad. I might go there tonight. I ain't gonna lie. Yep, after hearing this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I went to this place called My Brother's Mustache. No, My Father's Mustache. It's like some British pub or whatever. Wow. I got, you know, the two cod pieces was like, yeah, it's fucking great. You got to douche them. You got to douche them in that sweet malt vinegar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me and Mike know. I know that was our, that's the secret to our like you know our our whole friendship is based off the religious aspects of Long John Silver specifically and yeah know, Silverus that's what they called us back in the day yeah L J Silverus that's the that's that's it that's really all i could just talk about this on every fucking show mike i should just do that i think i could just talk about this shit on every show do you remember 
going to the location, after all decked out with the the posts and the ropes outside. Remember those original locations with the old sign? Yeah. Like the big thick growling on the outside. Because the lines would be so long. Yeah. People, God, people would be filing in there. Ringing the bell when they're leaving, too. Yeah. And they're all, it's all, if you like what you had, ring that fucking bell. Everybody's all, ding-a-ling, ding-ding. Yep. <laughs> yep. They were dinging it. I used to ring it like, ding a ding a ding a ding a ding I know, man, all hardcore, like, well, you got stolen bottles of malt vinegar up your sleeve, and yeah. they don't even know it. Right. I just hoisted two bottles. Shit, man, I'd be making like tortillas and cheese and shit, pouring that fucking malt vinegar on there. Oh wow, that was That's right. Those were good little breakfast treats. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to get my malt vinegar day going. Malt vinegar, malt vinegar, malt vinegar. Okay, guys. Well, that was the show. Malt vinegar, malt vinegar, malt vinegar, malt vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> No, seriously, we gotta wrap it up. Did you have a good time, Attack Mode? Hell yeah, man! I appreciate it. I finally got to come through. I'm glad I came through for uh, yeah. everybody, you know. And I hope everybody That's out awesome. there in Podzine land fucking enjoyed this little underground Podzine podcast. Once again, brought to the attention. God damn it, my phone's dying. All right, perfect timing. Uh-huh. I know. All right, well, I'm going to wrap this motherfucker up. So we're closer out. Give me a second. Fuck yeah, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Attack mode. Hope you got your fucking uh, justice on losing that fucking original episode. Mike Diana. Hope you're getting your fucking royal ding-dong fucking sucked in Tokyo. <laughs> <coughs> <clears throat> if you got a fucking show, give me and my mom a call. 206-666-5847. Don't be a fucking dick. You can leave a message and you can give me money through a uh, Zelle account. AdamAirWilliams at gmail.com. 206-666-5847. Later, guys. Okay. They ever see in the, in the movies uh, cowboys ride off into the sunset? When That's they hear the whistle cue. blow, they ride off. Go. Ride off. Happy trails. See ya. Bye now. You've been listening to Adam Air MD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy.